When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Hey, listen, Daddy. You're listening to the number one broadcast, Monty and Farrell, Daddy, in Long Island. The best pro wrestling broadcast of all time, I think. Hey, everybody. This is Axe. I'm Demolition. And you're listening to the Monty and Farrell Show. The number one wrestling show in Long Island. Unbelievable show. Watch it. Listen. Make sure and listen. <laughs> this here is the legendary warlord, and I'm at Long Island's the best radio there is, the Monty and Pharaoh Show. I like it, you like it, and we'll all like it. <laughs> Alright, welcome to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast out of Indie Music TV here out of Ronkonkoma, Long Island at the board. Matty Ice. Matty, how are you, pal? Doing amazing as always. How are you? Alright, how was your weekend? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. What does pretty good represent, my friend? Um, watching a movie and having some beers with my dad. Did you watch Cobra Kai? Oh, no. The... The Netflix special you're talking about, or something else? Oh, it's Netflix. Yeah, it's Cobra Kai. Yeah. It was originally YouTube, wasn't it? It was originally Karate Kid. Well, we know that, but it was originally being shown. Yeah, right. YouTube, but then it went to Netflix, YouTube. right? What I've seen of it kicks, kicks, uh, kicks ass. Well, to the right, in case anyone didn't know, this is the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, how are you, my friend? Oh, just ducky. How are you? So what's going on? A little down and out today? What's happening? No, you know, I think I've been awake for a couple of days, something like that. <laughs> I don't know what happens when I go into these weird phases, but lately sleep just isn't happening. So the world found out yesterday that we have impeached President Trump for a second time. Thoughts on that? Impeach me two times. I'm getting out. Bye, 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 bye. See ya. Two times. I'm impressed. Two times. It is I'm impressive. Impressed. That's impressive. That, that is really hard thing to do. Do you think things are going to straighten out, man? No. Do you? I don't. 2021 is not starting well. Well, yeah. It looks like we're going further down the manhole, if that's what you're getting at. Do yeah. you think Do you think yeah. Donald Trump needed to be impeached? Maddie, weigh in if you want to, pal. Yeah, go for it, Matt. What say you? voice of the youth i think he should have been out of principle alone Ooh. just to say like if biden wanted to do this at the very end of his presidency mm. it should at least be a deterrent you know to the future presidents you can't make a ruckus you at the think, end of your you think turn yeah maddie can you check can you check jimmy's mic i got a fan out there say he's a little low How's his mic? My big mouth is a little low. Wow. It's a little low. That's as impressive as being impeached twice. Because I really want you guys to weigh in. Thank you, fan. (laughs) What happened, Matt? I didn't catch that one. Nothing. 
<laughs> Nothing. Are we good now? Thank you. Okay. Look at me producing from the table. Go back now. So did he need to be impeached? Yes. Yeah. Why? Because I think it needed to set a precedent for the future presidents of the U.S. And yeah, don't do just this so that they can't cause home. a ruckus at you, the you, end of their presidency you don't, you without don't think, repercussions. You don't think it um, just was stopping him from becoming president again in four more years? If he lives that long, I mean, come on. We, don't we you keep think forgetting he's, about all that. Wait too. a minute, though. Don't you think he's already stopped his ability to be president in four years? I don't think yeah. he's going to. I don't think he's going to get too many votes. All right. I mean, he'll still have his. Uh, I guess he'll still have his uh, tight following, uh, whatever that may be at this point. But uh, well, aren't you a little, a little fear that people are going to get assassinated come elect, uh, come I'm inauguration doing, day? I'm doing my best not to think that way. If if stuff like that happens, what what kind of Horrible grounds are we now fragilely walking upon as a country? What's going on here? Well, we already first misjudged. Like I thought, the minute Biden got in, coronavirus yeah. would just disappear. And I was hoping that. I didn't be the think case. that. I was hoping it would be. Oh no. no, that's not realistic. Why? That's no more real. Doesn't gut read tell you that this is going to be around for a little while longer? I guess it's just my instincts on certain while, things. You know what? I'll take I remember a little what, while longer. Like before January 6th happened, people were like saying to me, oh, oh it's going to all change on January 6th. I'm like, you, are you kidding me? My gut read told me what was going to happen on January 6th as far as the decision, not the riot, but the decision. I knew that he wasn't going to get anywhere with that. I mean, don't, can't people so see the, 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 we got the, the accident coming? We got, we got the, the, hey. the, the dang crusader. Weighs yeah. in. He says, okay. what was Trump's exact words he uttered that caused this impeachment? Please give me the quote. Oh, he wants he wants word for word. Go ahead, Mike. You got word for I word? I don't have word for I word. Mean, I mean, if you want to, like, get technical, I think it's, it's pretty obvious that the language wasn't exactly like, go and get everybody a pizza. Well, let me what? Ask, let me ask you. You're a big... You're a was big, it? No, but... Was it, was it friendly overtones? Come on, man. Stop you, with the... You, what? You thought, you know, you looked... Not that you looked up the Charlie Manson. Let me what? get this. Whoa, no, wait no, a minute. Oh, my God. Talk about Charles a misrep. Charles Manson went to jail. For, for having, suggesting suge- subliminally. So my question is, should President he, Trump Why don't you just jail? ask me, did he pull him? Oh, Charlie. Did he pull a Charlie? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. And I'm an expert in Charlie, as you know. So, okay. yeah, he pulled, a, he pulled a very polite Charlie. But he pulled one. It was a polite Charlie? Yeah, Charlie was, was polite, polite too. Charlie. Charlie was polite. You're not tying him up the right way. You know, Charlie was polite. <laughs> polite. Nah, you Matt, know, man. Matt, do you know who Charles Manson is? A little bit, yeah. A little bit? So okay, at least you know who he is. Before, the, we, get uh, it, before we get into team? the career of Bruiser Brody, can you please tell Char- Matt who Charles Manson and what he did? What? Oh, my God. Charles Manson was known as the mastermind behind the theory known as Helter Skelter, where Charlie Manson allegedly believed that the black man would rise to power and that he would overthrow the white man, but at some point the black man wouldn't know what to do, so he would need leadership, and he would turn to the white man, and in Charlie's mind, that would be him. So basically, he was forming a family in the desert, a hippie communal, if you will, that was all about sex and drugs and rock and roll and basically the Beatles, they took way too much drugs. They got really out of hand. Charlie got pissed off because he didn't get the record deal. He was kind of promised from Terry Melcher, who was a friend of Charlie's friend from the Beach Boys, Dennis Wilson. The next thing you know, Charlie's sending everybody out, and they're hacking people to pieces. Charlie winds up getting committed for suggesting, basically, the crimes, and because he was the leader of the family and was sentenced to death, 
then California reversed that, and he got life, and he just died a couple of years ago, and Mike threw a big party and made fun of me. I did make fun of him. Right, right. So, Trump, Now, I am not a fan of Charlie Manson. I've always been fascinated but, by Charlie Manson, just President for the record. Trump pulled a Charlie. Uh, I've also been fascinated by FDR, so do what you will with it. What but, was he pulled, but President Trump pulled a Charlie. A little bit. I think so. I think a little bit. You know? What do you think? I think that you don't think there was suggestiveness in any of this, I knowing the knowing the pulse of his of his extreme followers. I agree. I That's agree. all I'm saying. But I also heard that President mm-hmm. Trump was not happy with the the look of the people that broke into the Capitol. The wanted, look? Yeah, he thought they were little low grade, you what? know, down down gutterish Americans. What kind? Oh, I'm now I'm confused. What kind did he? More like you know, little. Suit tie type of. Oh, he wanted suit and ties. Going yeah, in like there? you know. Yeah, kind of like. A wow, he's like, like he's like he's kind of like Vince with image. Very interesting. Well, we've jumped off the Trump train lately, huh? Yeah. Well, I, uh, what are you gonna I know do? you didn't catch AEW this week, but before we get into the Brody deal, uh, I gotta tell you, Britt Baker. Yeah. She did like a Roddy Piper type of. Uh, what do you call it, like a talk show thing? But it's right. out of her dentist office. Yeah. She did a wonderful job, dude. I, yeah. uh, I'm actually thinking Britt Baker's got the goods. Well, she does on the mic, that's for sure. That's a, that's about all I can really say about Britt Baker for now. You know, Do they do they use her effectively week to week, though? Uh, I only caught this week, and okay. so, again, I'm, I don't always watch AEW. Right. Why are you even bringing up Marco Stunt? What did he not do this time? Oh, my God. But as I say, on the other hand, they had my, even my wife's watching, right? Oh, this this and is going to be good. And, and she's watching she could, Marco she could, Stunt she could. actually fight, uh, um, help me. The, Help uh, you. The, the, the tag team that left the WWE. I'm going to bring Oh, the uh, FTR. The, uh, FTR. The FD Revival. Marco guys. Stunt was actually yeah. doing well against FTR. Well, and yeah. my wife's like, Are you kidding me? This kid, this guy looks like he's two years old. Right. I've got Matt would house him. So Marco would Stunt. Matt would destroy him. So, on the Marco other hand, I'm, I'm happy with the Britt Baker deal. Yeah. And then, on the other hand, I'm like, Marco Stunt, give it a break. Please. Yeah. Well, you know, you have dogs bigger at home. <laughs> What? Dude, I'm serious. It's you do! With the wrestling. Remember Max? Your awesome, great Dane Max? Absolutely. Max bigger than Marco much, Stunt. Well, anybody's bigger than Marco Stunt. <laughs> this is terrible. Marco Stunt's like 4'2". Uh, no, he's not. He's 4'4". Four, four. Oh, there you go. What the hell's wrong with you? I'd like to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty and the Farrell. God, we're mean. Wisteria uh, anyway. Hall. The lead singer is our very own Jimmy Farrell. Along doing? with his partner, Bart Griggs. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as In My great. Dreams, This Life... Not far behind. Here comes the rain, and obviously the theme song for Monty Nefaro, "Riding High." Mm. You can catch their music on Spotify, iTunes, and Reverb Nation. If you didn't know, you're watching Monty Nefaro. Monty Nefaro can be seen on the Monty Nefaro YouTube page, Monty Nefaro Facebook Live page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV, Monty and the Faro page. Channel 115 every Tuesday here in New York from 7 to 7.30. And for early risers on Channel 115, 6 a.m. to 6.30 a.m. And if you're a nightlife... Kind of guy. If you're a night owl. Little little River Band. By the way, everybody, we were listening to the Little River Band before (laughs) the show started. The younger folks are like, you dinosaurs? They're like, they're talking about wrestling and and pissing on Trump. Get the Brody already. (laughs) You can catch us on Channel 20 from 2 a.m. to 2.30. We'll be right back after this commercial break with the life and career of the great Bruiser Brody. 
and Nitro's Garage for all your automotive needs. Call 646-675-2349. That's 646-675-2349. For all your automotive needs, Nitro's Garage, ask for Jack. Elm Logistics, for all your logistic needs, call 631-299-3595. That's 631-299-3595. Elm Global Logistics, pride, performance, and partnerships. Jimmy, I just got the best hookup on tickets. Hmm, fill me in. I went to www.seatslinks.com and ordered... The best tickets with the best prices. Call 718-676-0504. SeatsLink, the complete ticket experience. Tell them Charles sent you. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty DeFaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV in Ron Konkuma, Long Island. Oh. We have a special show tonight we wanted to discuss. Um, the career of Bruiser Brody, and then we'll end the show with... Uh, head-to-head matchup okay. between Mil Mascaris and Randy Orton. That'll be our second installment of the wow. head-to-head segment. Nice. Um, All right. So, again, everybody out there, we are WWE guys or WWF guys. We, we were born and raised in the yeah. Northeast. Yep. So um, our touches with Bruiser Brody have been small, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, we had doses of him here and there. Not um, much. Back but in the day. Back, back in the, in the day. day. Now right. the internet comes along, you know, oh, and you see no. this amazing guy. <laughs> now we can watch him all the time. And some of the old right. school guys could say, hey, man, Bruiser Brody wrestled in the WWF. He did. With, which is for Before sure. Before our time, though, and he, he wrestled Bruno San Martino at the Garden. But the, again, we were seven years old. Gotta give yeah. us a break. Right. You know? So we've had Tony Atlas in. He talked about the passing of Bruiser Brody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Abdullah the Butcher in, and in about a week and a half or two weeks, I think Dutch, Dutch Mantell in. Nice. So that will recap on what we're talking about, Bruiser Brody, but um, look, Bruiser Brody was an incredible wrestler. I love Bruiser Brody, absolutely. Look, absolutely. He, I always looked forward to when I could read about him in the mags, because yep. we did not have exposure to him all the time. The mags were our chance to see what's going on in other places. Uh, Brody was always... Uh, a fascinating subject to read about. And he was always main eventing something. So he was top of the card. He looked like a badass. He wrestled like a badass. He talked like a badass. He was a badass. And uh, I always wonder why on earth it didn't get to the WWF at some point in a much bigger and better program, even into the 80s. But we can get to that. Well, we'll get to that. What else you got well, for me? Let's talk about Brody, though. One, let's talk about his biggest weakness, I believe, as a professional wrestler. Okay. Uh, Bruiser Brody's refusal to lose, or, or not—I don't want to use the word sell—but Brody was very protective over his character, as he should have been. What I've read in the book, reasons for that, right? Yeah, um, reasons for that. He he worked fairly stiff, from what I understand. Absolutely, he had some problems with the invader who eventually murdered him in Correct. Puerto Rico. There's a lot about that. I'm not sure everybody may know, but you know. Um, he Ooh, had that major shady. problem or that infamous cage match with Lex Luger in Florida in January 21st in 1987. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the match, Brody stopped working and stood around okay. Luger and Bill Alfonso, who was Fonzie. the referee at the time. Yep. He spoke about it. He could go to the Monty and the Farrow page. Hey, Daddy! Brody playlist. He'll, disp- uh, he'll talk <laughs> about that. Yeah. Uh, they, were, they were puzzled on what was going on with Brody. Um, basically, Luger, according to... Uh, 
wrestling at the chase. Okay. Went to Brody and said, what did I do wrong? And Brody said, nothing. Right. Right. Thoughts? You know, it, interestingly enough, I did watch this match in the last 24 hours a couple of times because I found it fascinating. Uh, Brody, there's just a bunch of different stories about this particular incident. Brody had... Did it, now, Luger was brand new, basically, at this point. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Luger's basically just breaking in. And Brody had worked with him, I think, a time or two before that and, and felt that he wasn't selling for him. So I made special attention, made sure I paid special attention when I was watching the match back to see whether what he was getting at or why he would have thought that. Okay. And, and I do respect Bruiser Brody, so I, I was trying to keep an open mind as I watched the match. Okay, let me put it this way. One of Bruiser Brody's best moves, and it was a simple move, but man, was it great. It was effective. It was when he'd kick you in the face. And you saw how he would kick you in the face sometimes. And he could kick you in the face if you were standing. Mm -hmm. He'd kick you in the face if you were on your knees. But he would always follow through with that big, furry boot. And he would, he would knock your block off. Um, in the match with Luger, and I was watching other matches with much bigger guys like Abdullah the Butcher, who's, who's you know, <laughs> he's one of the biggest guys ever. Um, when Brody would deliver the boot, these, these guys would go down. They'd stay down. They would start to crawl or something like that. I noticed that when he gave Luger the boot, this young guy, right. young guy, who clearly has the kind of look that a veteran would probably resent to begin with, pretty boy, big, built like like Thor's statue, um, he hits him with a boot, and you can go and look at it, and you could say, I'm, 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 you know, I could be wrong, but I do see him after the boot almost quickly start to pop his foot up like he's getting up. That would annoy the crap out of me if I'm Bruiser Brody. It would annoy me. It'd be like, what the... F Stay down, kid! I just kicked you in the face! You know? So at, at, at some point there, it must have just pissed him off so much that he just stopped. And and Luger didn't know what to do. You know, Luger was afraid of him. You know that, right? I think a lot of people were afraid of him. Luger was truly afraid of him. He, he, he described him as big, mean, and scary. So he was afraid. He was like, what on earth did I do? You know, and it is true, and I have seen Luger speak about it uh, afterwards. By the way, it's amazing how different Lex Luger is today as a person compared to what we know of the Lex Luger back in those days. But uh, Luger did very politely go to him and say, what did I do wrong? And, and Brody said, look, man, it's been a long day. It's just one of those days. It's just one of those days, and he left it at that, you know. Uh, now, do you think that attitude, though, right, because guys we've talked to in I the don't... studio said that he would go from territory to territory. and You know, he was a draw, obviously. But I didn't see multiple incidents of Bruiser Brody doing that. We would have probably seen or heard more about that. A lot of the footage I've seen is, is he's totally selling the same way his opponent is selling for him, whether it's Abdullah or one of his other, or Cologne or one of his other famous, or Flair. Now, did you watch some of his Flair? WWF matches or WWWF matches? A little bit. He did a lot of selling. A he lot did. of selling, which See, that's surprised what, me. Right? Again, you know what's funny, and I think that Luger might have brought this out. The only reason we're talking about this all these years later is that someone happened to film this. Because in those days, it was already forgotten about. Nobody was talking about it in the business. It I was just it. another match that had happened, but with the internet today, it has become a subject because it's controversial. Fan Darren Hay say Brody, one's, Brody was a man's man. I hope I'm saying that right, Darren. Darren mm -hmm. Hay. Yeah. Maria Dave Reed. says Bruce Brody had great matches. Yeah. Um, thoughts Did. on his matches? I, I love him. Listen, I love him, and it's old school, so I don't want to get into uh, being how... 
you know, entertaining these flip-flop guys. Oh, and by the way, I was watching an awesome interview with Bruiser Brody. Uh, for a lot of the the uh, people who love the independent style and the the flying and the flipping and stuff and the, the smaller guys, right. Bruiser Brody hated that stuff. And he said so. He was like, there is no way... You can take 170 feet. This was his words. You could take a 175 pound man and put him in the ring with a 300 pound man, which is what Bruiser Brody was in his prime. And you're going to tell me that this is going to be a contest? This is not going to be a contest. Wrestling is about force and might. Do you think that? And, and, and Bruiser Brody was the epitome of force and might. And no, a guy like Sami Zayn today against Bruiser Brody, one kick with that furry boot, and quite honestly, one, two, three. Match. Over. Do you think Brody, when he established himself in Japan, then yeah. changed his attitude in the States when he when he worked there in the States? What would have made him do that? Well, They're even you know, more physical in Japan, yeah, but and he that's got probably big paydays, where... Right, big paydays, he taking, and, he, and he knew he could always go there, you know so what, the he end, felt he could dictate, and right? And the NWA didn't exactly not take care of him either. You know, he was the booker for, for uh, Texas... Which Tony told us about, right? You know, which is amazing. For, uh, Bruiser Brody had a great mind for the business... And he did protect his... I don't blame him one bit. By the way, did you ever really think about this? Because reviewing him over the last couple of days, you know, it really came clear to me. Andre the Giant, Abdullah the Butcher, Bruiser Brody. Guys like this were traveling attractions. They could go to Japan. Bruiser was one of them. And that is something that really needs to be acknowledged and I know that we always we always see these guys for what they really are. You know what I mean, bro? So that, that that this guy was a traveling show, and he could so go that, anywhere. So that's a great that's a great point. I want to get to that right after this commercial break. Back Fair to enough. the career of Bruiser Brody. I'm going to ask you about that exact thing you're bringing up. You got it. We'll be right back. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence Collision Specialists six three one two six one. 6420. That's 631-261-6420. Auto Excellence. That's right, folks. Canine Corral for all your dog daycare and overnight care. Call 631-549-1544. That's 631-549-1544. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Faro, seen every Thursday, produced out of Indie Music TV in Ron Konkama. Farrell, you bring up a really, really good point. But first, a couple of people weighed in. Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson said he loved nice name. Brody's boots. Oh, the greatest. No one kicked like that guy. I totally got Reggie. The Reggie. The Crusader brought up a point. Luger started off already making three times more money than of the talent. You that, think that weighed in? You know what? That would, I'm sure people resent. The veterans had to resent Lex Luger somewhat. Somewhat. You so, know? so we left before commercial break. You said Brody was like a traveling show, like he was. Andre Abdullah the Butcher, right? I no, a lot first of, of all, no right? one's on the level of Andre as far as draw. Right. Let's, let's make that clear. And Abdullah was a draw, also probably of slightly higher magnitude than Brody as far Brody as far as globally and stuff. 
but Brody was in the tier. So here's a question for you. What a specialist. He was awesome. Here's a question. Say this never happened and he wasn't murdered. Yeah. During the Monday Night Wars, he would have been in his 40s. Late Plenty 40s, times, knocking right? on 50s door. He probably would have ordered. Vince probably wouldn't have given him a look by the time where Austin would, and where Rock. Where would he have ended up, or would he have ended up anywhere, being that he was this traveling show? You know, of all the territories, I mean, if you if you look back on it, I know he enjoyed Japan. Obviously, Puerto Rico turned into what it turned into for him, and it's it's incredibly tragic. But he seemed to really love the Texas area. Mm-hmm. And I do think that, and he didn't seem to me like a guy who would just quickly just take the highest paycheck. I don't, I, he doesn't strike me that way. So I'm not so sure he would have been into Turner's WCW. Who knows, man? He might have tried to form something himself. He was a booker. Maybe he becomes the Southern version of Paul Heyman and comes up with his own thing. Who knows what Bruiser Brody could have done? You don't think he would have been a great draw for WrestleMania? Here's the greatest crime. You're asking me what would have happened. You know what mm-hmm. should have happened instead? Instead of being in Puerto Rico. It's the late 80s, right? How great would it have been? Well, maybe a year or two before. How great would it have been to have Bobby the Brain Heenan bring in Bruiser Brody to go uh, uh, with Hulk Hogan? Incredible. Come on. Incredible. What are we talking here? In a way, and I don't under... You know... I don't think Vince has ever addressed it or, you know, why was there no interest to bring Bruiser Brody in on that level? Was he afraid that he wouldn't work with him behind the scenes? You can't have That's a guy possible. Doing business for his own in the WWF. I'll right? tell you what, though. Vince has done it with other guys. A few years later, he's putting Warrior over. Look what that guy did to him. I don't see Brody doing that to Vince. Brody didn't strike me as that kind of man. You know, no disrespect to Warrior, but you know what he did to Vince during SummerSlam? Give me half a million or I'm not going out right, there. Right. I mean, come on. Bro- Brody wasn't cut that way. You know, that cloth, he wasn't made that way. You know, um, it, that to me is the greatest disappointment is, is that he didn't get a chance. What if to, what if WCW got their hands on him? Well, Brody against Goldberg. I'll t- well, I'll tell you Brody what. against the NWA. I'll tell you what, what the NWA fans did get, and I'm... I'm a bit jealous of this. Remember when we used to look in the mags and see matchups in other territories and go, why can't we see this? Right, right. Ric Flair said the most, the, oh, you know what? This is for everybody at home. This is for you. This is for, this is such a great comment. Ric Flair said that of all the wrestlers he's ever come across, only one wrestler could last 60 minutes with Bruiser Brody. Right. And that's Kurt Angle. Wow. That was Ric Flair's you know, praise for how tough and how durable Bruiser Brody was. You know, if Ric Flair is saying By the way, that, Maria Davis says Brody would have destroyed Hogan. Oh, we would love... How could you not see that happen? Well, in real life, no, come wait on. A minute. No, in real life, real we life. know that. We're not talking about you know? life, but, but you Hogan's know what would have happened? He would have, he would have had to do the job yeah, for Brody him. was doing the job for Hogan. Job. Absolutely. So, Maria, we agree probably in real life. I, I totally, him, but I totally agree. But in wrestling terms, yeah, he would have yeah, had to do yeah. the If job. King Kong Bundy's getting pinned, you know, Brody's getting pinned, you know, during those late 80s, Hogan was beating everybody. All right, so let's... We got Dutch Mantel coming in. Yeah. We've had Tony Atlas, Abdul the Butcher, yeah. Bill Alfonso, yeah. um, Savio Vega most recently right. discussed it. Right. Um, let's talk about the death and murder of Bruiser Brody. 
Oh, my God. Well, where would you like to begin with all of that? You begin, Farrah. You, you know what you're doing. Well, basically, uh, unfortunately, you know, the, there's more to this than, than, well, some people may know this, but, and I, I was listening to Flair, you know, a lot in the last couple of days talking about Brody, and the Flair was there, by the way. Uh, he was in Puerto Rico. Um, according to Flair, and these are a couple of things that, you know, it's not like I, Flair was making excuses for Invader Number 1 Gonzalez, but he was making it clear that people knew some of the things that had led up to the conflict in the locker room. Okay, so what are some of the things are that you, led up? Are you aware that the month before the incident with Brody in the locker room, that Invader Number 1 had just purchased a new home with his wife and they had a swimming pool and their two-year-old child drowned in it that was that was that was that was it was supposedly this was the invader okay supposedly if and, we're wrong out there please people well according well according to flair you know and he said okay. he said that he walked into that locker room he's already and it was two days before the incident that this supposedly happened to the child this is Flair's story. Let, let's not forget, and I want this you to Flair's continue, story. but let's not forget. I'm just trying every, to fill in it, details. Right, if people. everybody rem- knows this, Gorilla Monsoon mm-hmm. owned part of that territory. Right. Gorilla Monsoon, Gino, right. Right, was selling his Correct. shares Correct. to Brody. Correct. Which Cologne Supposedly. and Invader right. did not want to happen. Right. Go ahead. Supposedly, you know, with the murmurings. Uh, okay. So, basically, there, there was that tragedy with the child. Uh, also, according to Flair, Brody had beaten, uh, supposedly, uh, Gonzalez wouldn't sell appropriately for Brody, so he beat, Brody beat him so badly, he was in the hospital for a month. Really? So he was okay. in a hospital for a month, and then his two-year-old child drowns in the swimming pool two days before, and according to Flair, and I kind of, you can understand where Flair is leading with these tragedies. He was like, man, that guy walked in the locker room and he was already gone. Gone. He couldn't even digest what had been happening to him. So now they go into the locker room and he you know, politely asks to talk to Brody, according to legend. And they go into the showers and from what Flair said, he heard, you know, just like Tony said, they heard screams. The next thing you know... Tony's in there, and Brody is lying on the ground, and he's been basically sliced open, and he's dying. Uh, It took an hour for the officials, uh, you know, the the ambulance and stuff, to get to the arena because of the traffic outside, supposedly. By the way, Russell Campbell says you're 100% correct. Reggie Jackson weighs in. Everyone says Flair wasn't there. He, they didn't pay him enough. Interesting. Go ahead. Flair, Flair says he was there. Okay. I mean, I saw I saw Look, Flair you saw, say... You saw the interview. You heard I the saw interview, Flair right? say he was there. I don't know whether or not he was actually, you know, in the locker room, but he did say he was in Puerto Rico. He seemed to say he was there. You know, he seemed to know quite about it. So you heard... You quite heard a Tony, bit about it. You heard Tony's story live in studio. You yeah. heard Savio. Yeah. Um, we heard Abdullah. Abdullah yeah. didn't give us much, everybody. He I'll tell you what Abdullah him. did give us is, is that he rounded up all the wrestlers and was afraid Cologne, according to Abdullah, was afraid Cologne would find out that they had all decided to not work right. for quite a while. Right. Uh, you know, we did learn that from Abdullah. We had Tiger Jackson in here who was there, and we did not ask him that question when right. he was here with Doink and Dink. Right. Well, he was trying to fondle us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, you remember that. You know, Dink so and Dink. He was trying got, to doink us. We've got Dutch Van Tellen. Now, yeah. I'm going to give you my thoughts on this. And I am, when Dutch is here, I am. I'm hiding. I feel like Dutch <laughs> had a lot more you. to do with this oh, than he leads out to. I'm, I not, I'm not saying he was part of the I murder. I don't think that. But I think he knew I what was going on. I think they all down. know something. It's just so strange that how the case was over with and all the key witnesses weren't even you, called in. Do you think the wrestlers Come in on. that locker room 
knew oh. that Invader was going to gut Bruiser Brody in the shower. At that particular moment, on that particular night, I, I my gut read tells me that, and I hate thinking this, but this is what my gut read tells me. Cologne knew. Obviously, Invader knew what he was going to do. There might have been another person involved that might have known, but that I I don't know. Remember what Tony says that they were, you know, they were they were kind of off course. And Savio said they were thrown off course because they wanted to kill him at the hotel. Right. And they got they got they got thrown off course here. Right. Right. And again, let's not forget that Dutch Mantel ended up promoting for Puerto Rico afterwards. Right. What happened to the shares? By the way, don't know. Don't know. Isn't that something that we all like need to find out? What happened to those shares? Who did they wind up going to? Or did Cologne take them all and now he had everything anyway? That would be that would be a motive. I mean, you brought it up a few times. It's mine, mine, mine. Go, Why go, go. Down, down, down. Carlos Cologne in the Hall of Fame. That Why? I don't get at all. That I that I don't get at all. You know, unless Vince doesn't think he's got anything to do with it. Do you think Vinny th- even thought about stuff like that? He must have. Do you think? They think about Billy all of that. Jack Haynes is in studio and said that, that <laughs> oh, you Vince mean McMahon had his hands in it. Billy Jack McMahon, you mean? That's B- Vince's his father. That, explain to the explain to the fans. Billy Jack there. said, "I can't even explain. You need a roadmap to connect, Billy. What are you talking so Billy about? Jack claimed, he goes from Billy cottage Jack cheese to evolution. Vince to, senior is his true biological father. Right, something to do with Kennedy back in the day. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I have no idea. Russell ja- Russell Campbell says that uh, Carlos Cologne is rich and he's got. The WWE in his pocket. I think yeah, that's what you're well, saying, right, Russell? He's the Vince McMahon of Puerto Rico, so he's got Puerto Rico in his pocket. All right, pocket. so we, we've got that's our next sure. segment coming up head-to-head, but I want the Pharaoh to weigh in. And where, where is Bruiser Brody weigh in or end up being in the annals of the, of wrestling fans? And why do wrestling fans so interested in Bruiser Brody? And then again, why is the WWE not even at least did a documentary on Bruiser Brody? Uh, I well, they probably don't touch any of that because of the murder, because WWE doesn't touch anything controversial. Uh, I think that there's a fascination with Brody because of his untimely demise. Uh-huh. Uh, unfortunately, that's always attached to it. Um, but in general, he would have been remembered one way or the other as a, as a, a great main eventer and a great uh, wrestler. There was just he was magic. He really was. He was fantastic. They don't make them like that anymore they really don't do you wish you would have got more bruiser brody like growing up that you would have got got to know more about him and watch him more i would have preferred a lot more bruiser brody and a lot less bob backland <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah really you know back yeah really backland against i'm brody. not knocking bob backland that would have been, been hot that right? would have been great how about brody crushing bob backland and winning a belt holding it for like six months that would have been nice yeah. Uh, What's so wrong with that? Crusader says Bruiser, uh, Bruiser brought the shares and uh, with the understanding that he would have some pull in the company. After they took Brody's cash, they told Brody that he would have no pull. Brody said he was going to get his money back. Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think he's 100% correct yeah. with that. Really? And that's what started it. Blech. All right, so, again. Unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable. He's one of the all-time greats. Yeah, I, I, I loved him. I thought he was fantastic. You know, they did put him in the Hall of Fame in that legacy wing. Which I don't a agree couple with. Of years. It's like they Do sneak in. Do you remember in. Brody against Abdullah Butcher know? in Georgia Championship Wrestling? Yeah, he used sure. to have those little appearances. Sure, right? sure. 
I just find it hilarious, some of the guys, they high-profile when they induct them, and then they're like, oh, and by the way, Wahoo McDaniel and uh, Bruiser Brody. Here's what's what? amazing to me. The younger wrestling fans seem to love Bruiser Brody more than even the older wrestling really? fans like ourselves. Interesting. It's amazing. He's got staying power, I guess. I want First of all, I want to thank the fans who are tuning in, and I want to thank the fans who have been supporting our show and our network. You guys have been in the world to us, and uh, we hope we're entertaining enough for you guys. Yeah, and uh, try. We hope you enjoyed this little clip on Bruiser Brody. Hang in there. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to return with our new segment, which is called Head to Head. Last week we did John Tolos and the Miz. The Miz. Wow. So we kind of take an older guy against a newer guy. But, for now. You know, for now. Now we'll shake it up. Uh, this week we've got Mil Mascaris wow. against the Viper, Randy Orton. This is another we'll be interesting back after one. This commercial break. See you in a sec. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No. I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP. Hmm. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. Jeff Quest, graphics design, custom vinyl lettering, and all your art and video needs. 516-317-8204. That's for Jeff Quest, graphic design. All right, welcome back to Monty and Nefaro, and we're going to our new segment, Head to Head. Faro, tonight, the video's done playing. You want we to are going to witness the, yeah. the most anticipated match it's rolling, it's rolling in quick. the history of professional wrestling for the heavyweight championship of the world. Are you ready? Wrestling fans, are you ready? All right, to start a show, Jimmy Farrow is going to go over the rules with head-to-head. -head. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go, head-to-head. -head. The following criteria is necessary for this competition. The first uh, category will be mic skills uh, for those at home. You know, uh, how good are you on a stick, as, as you said? As I said. You know, how, how do we talk to the crowd? Are we a natural or are we just uh, good at what we do? Uh, criteria number two is Matt skills. You know, like you got your Bret Hart's in this world and then you got your uh, giant Gonzalez's. Do I need to explain that? If I do... Oh boy! All right, got number, trouble. Yeah, number three. Uh, overall influence on the industry. We all know that uh, you know certain wrestlers have definitely left a much bigger uh, thumbprint than others. So, so, for example, Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. He left a huge influence on this industry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we also have it uh, criteria number four, the, as I like to call it, the back of the baseball card. That is your resume, uh, how many uh, championships, uh, things like money in the bank, you know, if you're a WWE guy, Royal Rumble, etc., etc. And uh, the final subject uh, in the competition is something called the it factor. And I would like to think that most of us know what that is, you know, whether it's... Uh, 
you know, Hulk Hogan or uh, Ultimate so, Warrior. I used the example uh, last you know, week of the It Factor. You have a certain um, thing about the you. Andre the Giant documentary. Yeah. At some point, they start showing some wrestlers, and there's this clip of Billy, uh, superstar Billy Graham doing a flex. Mm-hmm. My wife, who's no fan of wrestling, said, ooh, hmm. who's that? There you go. And that is the it factor. There you go. All right, let's talk about our first contestant, Mr. Mill Mascaris. Jimmy? All righty, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, born way back in 1942, Mexican luchador. He is uh, regarded as one of the greatest uh, Lucha Libra fellas of all time. A Mexican legend, of course, along with El Santo and Blue Demon. Um, you know, I really don't have to go through all of this to like basically let you know, of course, the Man of a Thousand Masks is quite possibly the first uh, legitimate Lucha Libre star that crossed over into Vince's territory. That's for that's for Absolutely, sure. Yep. Uh, it didn't matter back in the day where Mil Mascaris went. Mil Mascaris was basically a main event guy, and uh, he used to come to town once in a while. We yep. got to see him. Uh, of course, he's been inducted to multiple Hall of Fames. He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame Back in uh, 2012, uh, Mill Mascaris is an absolute freaking legend. I can uh, basically leave it at that. You know how big... Was Mill Mascaris you know, fall into that Andre the Giant, Abdullah Butcher, somewhat, Bruiser Brody... Absolutely. Traveling he's, carny he's guy he's that people one of them. wanted to see. Yeah. Didn't matter where he went, and he would draw. Look, for that me... That guy would draw. For me, Mill Mascaris... Look, we were at the big event a couple of years back, right, mm-hmm. with our table. Right. We went and got a picture with Mill Mascaris because he was that important to us, You know right? what's amazing? That he agreed to take the picture. Yeah, well, that's... Because that's trouble you, in itself, right? you dive deeper into Mill, you find out that Mill wasn't exactly very fond of losing. Well, he was kind of <laughs> like... Ever. He was Brody-ish, He right? was Brody-ish. He would not... That's right. He protected his image, and he went globally. He went everywhere, and he put fannies everywhere. Let me ask you, when when he wrestled Superstar Graham in Madison Square Garden those two times, he ended up losing that second match, right? Did he lose by pinfall? Did he lose? I don't know. He did lose. I know that there was a lot of countouts that Mill would get victories with. Oh, you got counted out. Let me win. Tell the fans a story where we went to uh, the Battle Royal. Oh, God. Really? All right. Well... It was me, my partner here, and another fellow that we went to school with, and uh, I think his pop took us, Right, and he was a very cool guy, and uh, he took us to Madison Square Garden to see, um, was that Morocco Backland? It was Morocco Okay, Backland. so we went to the garden to see Morocco Backland, but also there was a very exciting, at the time, Battle Royals were very, very special, and very exciting back in those days, so there was a uh, Battle Royal. And Mill Mascaris was in the Battle Royal. Now, the friend that we went with, his favorite wrestler was Mill Mascaris. Yep. He absolutely loved Mill Mascaris. And the cool thing about Mascaris, he had the mask on, he'd take it off, he had another mask on. He had there, another right? mask on. What about the cape he used to wear, oh, too? Oh, awesome. The cape was fantastic. He was a superhero. He was a superhero. With his chest out. Right? Yep. Oh, he was in tremendous shape. Absolutely. Oh, my God. He was built like a statue. And the flying body press back then, come on, I know everybody flips today, but that was right. exciting. A flying body press back then was like, wow, check out Captain Ariel. Yep. You know what I mean? So anyway, during the Battle Royal, the you know the bell rings, ding. The next thing you know, Mascaris is out. And back he in the locker room. He gets thrown out. And the look on our friend's face was like somebody had just stolen all four of his puppies. It was like, you know, I'm going to take the last one too. You know? And I, re- I never forgot the disappointment. We found out years and years later that Mill Mascaris, if he wasn't going to win something, got in and got out. Took a powder. That's it. I'm out. 
you know? So this poor, we would so just. you went to see Milo We Oscars. were just like 12 at the time, yeah. and our friend was crushed. Boy, if he knew that one, we know now. You're right, Let's Jared talk Bell. about contestant number two. Oh, my the God. The Viper, Randy Orton. Randall Keith Orton. Hey, uh, he's uh, going to be 41 soon. Wow. Old. We know that Randy Orton, of course, is a legendary WWE legend, of course. Um, boy, there's just so many things you could say about him. Of, of, of course, he comes from a family of wrestlers. You know, the grandfather, Bob Orton, his father, Cowboy Bob, who we've had on. Yep. You know, Cowboy Bob uh, Orton Jr. Uh, of course, his Uncle Barry. That's a whole nother story. Uh, there is nothing that Randy Orton has not accomplished in his career. And he came up basically uh, through the minors, if you will. He's almost like, you know, he's not Derek Jeter, but Derek Jeter came up through the minors of the Yankees. He came up through the minors of Vince, and he's always been there. He's just been there and been there for, for 20 years almost at this point. Uh, he was the youngest world champion at the time that he won the World Heavyweight Championship at 24 um, look, say what you will, but the RKO is one of the greatest finishers ever, man. How many different times have we seen the RKO? So many of the pro wrestling you know, just, experts talk yeah. about Randy Orton as right. half-assing they hate him. the majority of his matches. Yeah, right. What are your thoughts on that? I don't agree with that. Um, there might have been a time or two where you could say somebody mailed it in, but I've seen Look, do you realize how many times a, a year these guys go out there? What the hell are we talking about? If you can point out one or two times in a guy's entire career, like, oh, look, he's got how many thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of matches Randy and Orton's had? Get, get you that, could, come you on. You argue that Randy Stop. Orton's best work has been during this COVID era. He's done some great work during this COVID era. Randy Orton is, to me, a very unappreciated pro. He's a great villain. Mm-hmm. He's gotten better and better on the mic over the years. Right, He's so had some killer. Let's, let's get to it. The head-to-head you know. competition. You ready? All right. New we'll Masters well. against Randy Orton. Mike skills. Oh, that's that's. Uh, you know, it's funny. It, you know, a, a lot of the times Randy Orton would be in trouble in this category, but he's not. <laughs> he's not here. You know, No Masquerade didn't have Mike skills, and Randy can can do just fine. So, yeah, that's Randy. Okay. Matt Skills. Uh, I mean, you agree, right? I, I mean, come, come on, stop, you know. Matt Skills, Randy Orton, Randy, Orton, Randy Orton hasn't beat. The one flying body press doth not a repertoire make. Wow, this is like a blowout already. No, calm down. We're not done yet. Overall. Oh, you agree with Matt Skills, though. Absolutely. I, I want to make sure I you're, agree with Matt Skills. You're with fans, me you guys can weigh in if you disagree. You know? But, but let's, like, you know, really think about this. Mike Skills, stop. Matt Skills, a flying body press is really the one thing. Don't don't tell me Randy Orton does not have more in his arsenal than that. Stop. Okay. How about overall influence on the industry? Mascaris. Why? Do you realize how many luchas have come since him and the road that he opened, the door he opened for the Rey Mysterios and everybody else? Oh my God. No way. Ands or ifs about it. Randy Orton is a legend. Randy Orton has done many things. There is not a sea of new Randy Orton showing up that wrestle and look and want to be like Randy Orton, but Mill Mascaris opened a floodgate for a whole genre. Mill Mascaris wins this number three by a mile. I agree with you. So we got 2 1 right now. Back of the baseball card. Well, this is where Randy clinches this competition because there is no competition. Randy Orton has held every damn belt in the, in the WWE and he. 
it's no competition. I'm sorry. You know, right. you know, if Mill had been more wor- willing to work with people and like, you know, he might have won a world title or, or two. Or you know, or even if he turned the belt back six days later, like Antonio Inoki could say he was Fair world enough. champion several times. Fair enough. In the NWA and the WWF. Fair enough. You know, do do business a little better to get your resume. So you don't, you Not that Mill think, needed it. He didn't need it. I think that Mill and Brody, if they just would have did business a little better, things could have been a little I, different. I can't say better. I just think that if they had been more willing to play ball, perhaps with the way the Vinces and the Turners do, then maybe they would have had a belt or two more. Right. How about the it factor? Mascaris. By far. By far. So on the two, le- on two levels, overall influence of the industry, the it factor, Mil Mascaris blowing them away. Yep. But we got to give the competition to the on Viper, points. Randy yeah. Orton. On points, it's three to two. That's basically it, you know. Yeah. It was right. interesting, though, I'll tell you that. That was an interesting matchup. All right, well... You know what would happen if they wrestled, though? Vince would tell Mill, you, you're going to lose, and it would be a five-second uh, five match. And it would be over. Yeah, he just didn't win an RKO. Just only hit me with the Russell RKO. Russell Campbell says, you're right there. Oh, thank you, Crusader Russell. says, Orton. Okay. that's. Uh, by the way, I'm a huge Randy Orton fan. This pains me. Last week, I was, I'm a big John Polos fan in the Miz one, so that pains me. That's the way it is. You know? It is what it is. All right, I want to talk about next week for everybody. We're almost out of time. Um, yeah. We've got comedy legend in studio next week jackie the joke man martling from the howard stern show he'll be at the couch nice and uh you know this is a variety show we'll talk a little wrestling we'll talk about the career of jackie that's for sure um and then on january 24th that's a saturday we've got dutch mantel will be in studio yes about that one I'm nervous about what you're going to do with him. I don't know what you're going to do. Well, I'm going to be honest. So, Dutch, like I see it. Listen, Dutch, I think that you're full of uh, buffalo chips. I've got a problem. When someone gets murdered, then you become the booker for the for the, <laughs> for the organization a month later. Well, what That's a major issue. Oh, yeah. Dear and, you God. Know, you ain't got Hannibal here, bro. We're not just going to roll over, <laughs> oh, okay? Oh, oh. He puts the lotion in the box. Puts it's, the lotion it's in the box. It's horrible. You've been watching Monty and the Pharaoh. You can catch Monty and the Pharaoh on the Monty and the Pharaoh YouTube page, the Monty and the Pharaoh Facebook Live page, the Monty and the Pharaoh iHeart Radio, Spotify Anchor, Channel 115 here in New York on Tuesday from 7 to 7.30 p.m. And for early risers on Channel 20, Saturday 6.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. And on Friday, Channel 20 from 2 a.m. to 2.30 a.m. Mm, nice. Pharaoh, any parting words? Just thanks for hanging with us. We always appreciate you guys uh, letting us come into your living room every week. And until it, it is an honor, it uh, is an honor. It sure is. And until next week, as I always say, later. <laughs>